0: Ladies and gentlemen, your attention please. Welcome to the newest, the greatest, the most spectacular show in entertainment history. Put your hands together for the Fabulous Feebles Variety Hour! I some action.
1: i contortionist. And more than this. I'm hippopotamus.
0: Unconditionally guaranteed to send you when you make the feebles. with the Vague Zone. Vague, zone. V- 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 Vague, Vague Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 88 of Vague Zone. I'm your host, Thomas.
1: And I'm Daniel.
0: And today, we are continuing our coverage of the Muppets franchise with a, det- a detour the choice from Daniel, and he has chosen the movie Meet the Feebles. Yes. Daniel, would you like to read us the IMDb synopsis from Meet the Feebles? Okay. 1989,
1: director Peter Jackson. Yes, Peter Jackson. Multiple (laughs) animals and insects experience the sleazier side of show business while working on a variety show. Oh, yes. So, this was my pick. Um, Meet the Feebles is a movie that I have been aware of for years and years (laughs) um uh dead alive by peter jackson another one of his earlier movies like one of my favorite movies of all time um but i've never got around to watching meet the feebles and uh so i figured hey we're doing the muppets we gotta do you know this crass vulgar vile puppet movie (laughs) that definitely is for some reason attached to the director of lord of the rings
0: um it's pretty wild what did you what did what did you think of Meet the Feebles? Um well I'll I'll start this off by saying I think this is a really funny movie that I found myself laughing at things I probably should not have been laughing at and I <laughs> and that's usually a sign of like good comedy good satire when it <laughs> like sometimes it like it aims for a lot of things it aims <laughs> really low sometimes, and like I don't know, I'm like the, the gross out humor. I can sort of take a lead I'm not a big fan of it when it gets super gross out. Um, we, there are some very vile moments in this movie <laughs> that really sort of push those limits. Um, while watching this, I was thinking a lot of uh, of the work of Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Mm-hmm. I was thinking a lot of uh, South Park, in particular uh, Team America: World Police. Uh, We that movie features a profusely vomiting puppet, as does this movie. Has a very profusely vomiting puppet towards uh, the climax. Yeah, Uh, yeah. This it's just one of those movies where it's just there's so much fucked up shit. There's so many jokes, whereas I'm just like, this is just not okay. And I just well, I would just vocalize that and verbalize that many times while watching this movie. Um, Yeah, and I I mentioned uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone because it's sort of like everyone sort of gets hit and like it's a very like wide sort of comedic joke jokes are being flung at everybody and so it's like nothing no one and nothing is safe nothing is sacred in this world everything is just vile and it's it's a wild experience. Uh, like I like the music. I think the music is good. Uh, like the sword, sorry, the song "Garden of Love" kind of reminds me of like a haunted Barry Gibb or like a Bee Gees song. Like it's kind of like gorgeous in a way. Like Heidi the Hippo does a like, good job, sort of singing this like really strangely dark like disco kind of song. But yeah, I just love how big the cast of um, of the puppets, like the variety of weird fucked up puppets we get. Like some are making fun of actors and particular voices some kind of went over my, my head but I, like we have Harry the Harry the Rabbit that's very much a Mel Blanc bunny Bugs Bunny kind oh, yeah. of character which is like really direct so some of those things are really cool but some of the other weird ones like the like the FW fly like the fly on the wall um like the sleazy um, paparazzi kind of like journalist fly is a really interesting character. Yeah, just so, yeah it's interesting
1: that our journalist is a shit eating fly. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> literally a fly on the wall. Yeah,
0: yeah that, that there's like I'm not like grossed out easily. Like you know, you saw the Jackass movies. You know, used to like watching these kind of vile things. But there's something about just like this '89. is the, the way it's shot, It's just like it feels just like really gross and sickly at some points. Uh, um, where, where did you watch it? Um, I watched it on like a uh, a computer with like a sort of big enough screen. I, I it's like I feel like did you like a rent loop... it or like what did you... I I watched it on a uh, Tubi okay,
1: actually yeah. Yeah, I watched it on Tubi and it looked like crap and so I yeah. checked the quality, you know, you can go in the corner and check the streaming quality. Yeah. It said it was 369p, which is not a resolution that you are often uh, confronted with. Yeah. Um, yeah. It looks like it looked like a VHS transfer or something like that it, and yeah
0: which honestly I didn't really mind I didn't really that didn't I feel
1: like me. it kind of adds to it <laughs> like, yeah yeah because the it almost looks like the lens is covered in grease or something like that like there's this like just gross disturbing yeah. quality <laughs> like you like you found a VHS tape that you weren't supposed to find. And then you popped it in and you watched this.
0: Before I hand it off to you for what you think, the thing I wrote down while watching this, within like the first five minutes when we get our big Meet the feeble song, the thing I wrote down, I was like, this is what like Kermit the Frog or like Jim Henson sees in their nightmares. Like this is like exactly the thing that they would sort of picture as just of just a very grotesque. Like it's all sort of working. The the mechan- mechanically it's working in the same way, but everything is just going wrong. It's like Muppets are being like they're sorry, puppets are like, having addiction and they're like struggling to recover. And there's pornos being shot and people and people being coerced into to performing in them. And it's just people having Vietnam flashbacks. It's just like it's such a, a grand thing of just like mess that is like it's it's just hard it's hard to say like oh yeah it's like it's it's hilarious, but there's so many things that are fucked up in it. So yeah I wanna know what you think.
1: Um well it feels like vile and offensive in a way where like it shouldn't be a it, it's it's like a rule is being broken. Like it shouldn't be allowed to make this kind of movie. So I remember <laughs> when we were watching Clifford i was reading about that and i was reading about how martin short i guess got in some trouble because he had done this sketch where he it was like a celebrity boxing sketch and he played uh mr rogers (laughs) and it was one of those and i'm sure it was funny uh seeing like mr rogers like fighting like julia child or something like that but um uh it felt like it was over the line to make fun of mr rogers and to like, yeah, yeah. take this like incredibly wholesome character that like means so much to all these children and put him into this like violent comedic scenario and i feel like that's kind of what's going on here where it's like yeah. why do this to the muppets <laughs> uh like what did the muppets do to deserve this
0: um yeah. And, and that, and also like, why is it getting like racial as well? Like, yeah, right? super <laughs> like, that's the thing that like really stuck out to me. I was just like, wow. Like, yeah. Like when the, the first we get a flashback where I was like, oh, yeah. So they're in a jazz club and there's some, there are puppets in there that have some very black characteristics to them. I was like, okay, this is, this is kind of offensive. Like, uh, sort of the way that they talk to is a very exa- exaggerated, jazzy New Orleans kind of way of of talking but honestly I feel as a black person I got off pretty fucking easy while watching this movie when there's a full on (laughs) Vietnam flashback (laughs) and yeah I've talked about Vietnam on this podcast before with like there is this weird obsession with just that as like a cultural thing with just that being like the war of like television and the war of like a particular generation of photographers and storytellers and how it's just like ingrained into like cinema culture and just to see this full on parody of like the vietnam war and the deer hunter scene at yeah. the end of it when they're doing full-on russian roulette it's just and they're just dropping the g word yeah. like, like like crazy and like it's insane just hearing puppets me.
1: with like their cartoonish voices saying slurs
0: it's too, it was too much like i had to like stop the movie a couple of times but i was just like this is just it, yeah. it was just what so overwhelming <laughs> yeah it's just in the fact that peter jackson that yeah him and his to, to be, like, a wife or a partner if like, sat down and, like, wrote this movie together. It's just insane. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: it's weird because, like, the the Vietnam stuff, when it first starts and it's just, like, a, a war scene, I was like, oh, this is showing me a movie I didn't realize I wanted, <laughs> which is, like, yeah. I kind of want to, like, I'm feeling the budget of this movie. So this was a $750,000 yeah, movie in 1989, which is about, you know, $1.7 a day. Um, and it, like, during the war scene, I'm like, oh, I'm seeing dollars on screen here. Like, there's, like, explosions and shit. And I was like, and I would watch, like, a full, like, war drama starring puppets. Um, Yeah, absolutely. But then we get the racism (laughs) and the racism, and it's like, this is so... Like, I don't even mind the slurs, because I'm like, okay, they're in a war, whatever. (laughs) Like, I understand that, like, dehumanizing your enemy is, like, a thing. uh, Yes, yeah. But we don't have to the way the puppets are depicted it yes, is very, yes uh, exactly like this isn't just depicting the horror the terrors of war this is uh you know you, this yeah also <laughs> is an error on behalf of the filmmaker
0: but also compounded on that is yes. when they're actually speaking and like they're doing like this like vietnamese gibberish and they're yeah. getting like subtitles and be like oh yeah these communist dogs and it's just like but then it's like <laughs>
1: The subtitles, the seriousness of their conversations where they're talking about, like, reform is the enemy of revolution. <laughs> yes. I was like, this is the joke. <laughs> like, the joke yeah. is that, like, all of the racism is being undercut by actually making these, uh, you know, caricatures um, thoughtful. <laughs> like, like these are the most thoughtful characters in the movie.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, in a, in a movie where... Oh, yeah, it's just, there's just so much bad stuff that happens to these puppets. Like, And, and then I, I, you have to mention the the Abhi, the contortionist that, that have like a really really, uh, I think the, the most distasteful joke in the movie where he is doing his contortionist routine and sticks his head up his own ass and they have yeah. the, oh it's the path to India thing. And I was like, that's just like a really low blow. And I was just like, fuck. Yeah, like, I, 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 I want to like love this movie for like it having that edge to it. But there's some jokes where I feel like are just like kind of just, like, really low swings, where I was like, I can't really hang with that, but but it's like, it reminds me of Team America so much where it feels like that movie, too, features a lot of different people and places being skewered in ways where, yeah, it's like when they go to France, it's like they're just, like, just doing this sort of lofty French sit, and the, the streets are paved with baguettes. and So I, I feel that here, yeah, like, the production value feels huge when Heidi is walking around with a massive gun, just, like, unloading up people and just, like insane but I want to ask what was like your favorite joke because there are a lot of like really good jokes in this movie
1: um, I like when the hippo calls the cat says you cheap pussy yeah. <laughs> uh, it's very stupid I like that um the rabbit he says something about bunalingus at some point <laughs> um, there's like a lot of like weird sort of like poeticism <laughs> to like some of the jokes in this a minge binge um, yeah. yeah I don't know there's one
0: um well like the character belch is large walrus there's, there's so much like gangster stuff going on with him which i think is kind of interesting Cause he, like the him and heidi they like so, they're so big they actually feel like kind of like bigger hero kind of villain or hero and villain characters respectively but there's a moment later in the towards the end of the movie where the fly is spying on what they're doing and Belch rips off uh, oh, yeah. one of the fly's wings. Right and, now, and, yeah, and Trevor's like, look, boss, a left-wing reporter. Yeah. And then he's like, well, we can't have biased newspaper and it rips off his other wing. I was like, okay, very, very clever. So yeah. there is some really good gems in this movie.
1: It's so weird because it's like, like this is a vile movie. <laughs> like this movie yes. is horrible. But like, yeah, it's, it's hard to think about. Because it's like, I feel like there is a narrative structure here that is working, and the drama and the characters are to some degree working. Um, Yeah. I feel like it climaxes really well, by having, like, all of these different plot lines sort of converge, and then it just turns into this orgy of violence. Um, And, like, when the mass shooting is happening at the end... uh, it's just so weird that that's a thing in this movie. Yeah, it's um, crazy. Like, I was... I It was compelling to me. <laughs> like, I, I like, yeah. totally, like, gave myself over to the movie, and I was just like, wow, like, I can't... Like, this is insane that this is being depicted. Um, granted, you know, mass shootings in 89 were very different than in 2022.
0: But, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't... I think that sort of goes to that was mentioned earlier, the fact that we have such, like, a very big, wide variety of puppets here, and so, like, when it is happening, it's just, like, you're, you're sort of wondering who is going to make it and who's going to survive and that, and you have the really, really intense scene with uh, the elephant and his family, and, him, like, he's trying to, like, save the, like, elephant uh, yeah. chicken. Yeah, getting his kneecap shot. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, holy shit, it's like, I really want him to make it and really want him to, like, succeed in what he's doing while this Elephant chicken baby is just like crying in the center of it. It's just insane. Yeah. I was like, a, you have a, a favorite feeble? Is there a feeble that stuck out to you? Favorite feeble. I don't there's, know. There's, I there's mean, because so, there's so many. I don't want to say the rat is my
1: favorite feeble. <laughs> I think he's, <laughs> but he's Trevor like one rat. that I kept kind of like, maybe he's my least favorite because of his characterization. I really like his voice acting. Um, I'm glad he gets what's coming to him by the end.
0: <clears throat> yeah.
1: But uh, yeah, I don't know if I if I have a favorite feeble. I mean, they're all kind of shitty. We got the <laughs> sort of like hedgehog porcupine looking dude who is like the one wholesome, I guess, feeble. But yeah, yeah. What about you? You got a favorite?
0: Yeah, I, I really like. I was really rooting for Robert until he has like that that really bad turn where he misinterprets what's yeah. happening to, the, to <laughs> the other to the other people, and so it's like that sort of like sort of has a big, puts a stain on him. Yeah. I I really like uh, Sebastian the Fox, just the, the, the oh, man it's, trying it's, to, to... his whole <laughs> to sodomy the, number. Yeah, I just like him trying to keep the entire production together, and sort of, he reminds me of Kermit. But also, yeah, sort of like Robert also reminded me of Kermit as well, but with Sebastian, we get more of that like theatrical thing. And so while there there's more like gross-out stuff happening with Harry as he's physically... Like degenerating into the way like he's getting sicker and sicker. Um, I like that Sebastian has like this really nice, like, like this nice musical number that is just like over the top and he really sells it. And yeah, that's when it felt like, okay, this is like you guys sort of get that the Muppets are, like, are are theatrical and sort of still have to like really put on a big show.
1: The thing with the fox is, and, I, and sorry, I'm, bur- I'm burping from all this beer I'm drinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, Secure the, code. <laughs> the yeah. thing with the fox is like that That there's there's shots of him where the shitty quality of this video <laughs> really stood out to me because i was like i have no i i cannot describe any of the features of what is going on <laughs> with these this fox and i think that's kind of yeah, like yeah. an go, uh, going on with a lot of these puppets like they're not great puppets like they're oh yeah no, yeah yeah like they look kind of Shitty they look I don't know, man. Like I don't know how to
0: describe some are them. abominations. Yeah, they're abominations. <laughs> some of and these are
1: abominations. There is this element of like seeing these abomination puppets through this greasy lens and a low quality <laughs> video transfer on a low quality stream. It's like it is becoming surreal when I can't make out any of the facial features of
0: these creatures. <laughs> Yeah, I think the worm was good. Like the um, Arthur, like I think he looked like he has like the best like looking face and mouth movements. And so, same with like Robert, but yeah, there are some other strange ones. Like yeah, the the elephant guys kind of <laughs> BDSM elephants kind of weird and. Bletch, yeah, like, there's you
1: know, moments where Bletch is talking where it's like
0: I hear a voice, yeah. but I don't see like any <laughs> movement. <laughs> yeah it feels like we're kind of in early disneyland at that moment where it's like yeah there's not much emotion happening there and yeah it also the weird thing like i mentioned with muppet movies in the past where there's certain shots where we're having like miss piggy as like a, a full-body person here is that's just how heidi is the yeah. entire time even they have a the few point. of those yeah, <laughs> yeah. like i yeah, they, I,
1: would... I think those look kind of cool like Barry the bulldog and um it's like the warthog looking dude
0: I couldn't like, imagine being inside the suit for Heidi. It seemed like not to be not to, no pun intended, but very top heavy of like skinny legs and just like it's just, just all like, foam, I'm sure. Just, yeah, but like the, like the gag of like it was like she was running down like down the hall and around a corner. and She like does like this kind of stutter thing and it's like yeah, I was like oh like, that would seem like a challenge. That seems like early prototype Godzilla kind of thing where I like it doesn't seem comfortable it seems very clunky did you wear, but...
1: did you ever watch pink flamingos uh no I don't I don't think john waters, waters movies oh this just like it, it, pink flamingos it's divine she wants to be the most vile person on earth the most disgusting yeah. person on earth this feels like a movie she would make um it's it's that. like it feels like it's like in the air i don't know it, it feels like it's a, a, alongside all the trauma movies yeah, absolutely. Um, and like, yeah, Trey Parker, Matt Stone, they made Cannibal the Musical, which was a Troma movie. Um <clears throat> and I don't know. I don't know when Troma became a thing. I know I think Toxic Avengers was the eighties. But yeah, maybe that was a match that uh would have been made in hell but never never occurred. Uh Peter Jackson yeah. working with Troma. So.
0: Yeah, definitely. Is a mystery be revealed. Back
1: to meet the feebles.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry for our viewers. A little power outage on my end. But hopping back in.
1: So before we got cut out, I was going to ask you uh, while watching this, did you notice any directorial mannerisms that seem to still be part of Peter Jackson's toolkit?
0: Yeah, actually, I'm happy you asked that. There's one sequence in particular <clears throat> where I felt like it had a certain momentum that felt like something I would see in a Lord of the Rings movie, and it's particularly. And towards the beginning, um, the BDSM elephant he goes into um, he goes into his bedroom, and then there's a bunch of like fluffy little critters just like tearing the place up, and there's they're vomiting, oh, yeah. and pe- they're peeing everywhere, and then he just like he he kicks them all. He kind of stumbles around, he's like, "Oh, you guys, you, you're making a mess. You guys always do this." And he kicks them out. And then another character somewhere else like kicks a barrel, and that barrel proceeds to roll down and squishes all of them, and then. Like the fly character eats, it just had like this like connection to this gag that just felt like this would be something like I don't know if these were like orcs or elves or something I could see like like just like sort of like that barrel kind of thing happening I don't know just something just like that just the way that that the um, the way that that joke sort of progresses is really funny. and then after that we have a scene with. The elephant. And he's uh, talking to the worm. They're smoking and drinking, and he's talking about his marriage falling apart, and then we see that play out as well. And so, it just I don't know, just the way that those visual gags are, are usually tacked on with like, you know, it, it all sort of wraps into this, like this character of what's who, who these characters are and what's happening. So, it, I don't know, it's all in there, written really well. And so I think yeah, that he
1: definitely me. has like a physical comedy slapstick thing uh, yeah. that I think echoes throughout his career. Like I remember seeing. like so dead alive grew up watching that loved it and then i saw the frighteners and i was like oh Hmm. this is just like dead alive is like slapstick splatter zombie movie and then frighteners is slapstick ghost movie so it's like he's taking the idea of like okay what can you do with zombies in terms of slapstick like you could pull their limbs off like blood will spray everywhere you have people (laughs) slipping on the blood like you can do all sorts of stuff with like uh you know bodies but with ghosts, it's like, okay, ghosts, like, they could go through walls, like, uh, maybe they're not, you know, bound by the laws of physics, maybe they can stretch and do all sorts of weird stuff, so it's like, we can get really playful with that. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but, like, yeah, I, I didn't notice it too much in this movie, but there is a camera movement that he I, I've seen throughout his career, where it's usually like, uh, mm. like, let's say it's it's like a kind of reaction shot so like the camera is like over someone's shoulder and it is kind of dolling closer to their face as the character turns to look at the camera and then the character like like the character (laughs) turns as the camera is pushing in so it's like the the face and the camera are about to collide it's sort of a interesting reaction shot
0: um, okay, yeah, I'll, I I dig that. Do you remember what puppet or what moment? This I Don't in? remember when it happened. In this, but like,
1: <laughs> right. it, it is something I, I know I've seen it in like Dead Alive. I know I've seen it in Lord <laughs> of the Rings. Um, he has a there's just this thing he likes. <laughs> he wants you to okay. feel a person's reaction.
0: Well, I'll tell you this. I'm looking forward to watching Bad Taste, which is the movie he made before. The, uh, yeah, the movie he made before this. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll look out for that shot.
1: And Bad that. Taste, <laughs> yeah. I feel like watching Bad Taste, I li- I think I like Bad Taste more than this because it feels so low budget and so DIY and so dirty that, like, it helps showcase that there is some brilliance here. There's, like, some yeah. brilliance operating under these very limited resources, uh, and this very, like, dirty, schlocky attitude. It feels very punk rock, <laughs> like, Israeli yeah, yeah. stuff.
0: Um, yeah, this is the first time I've seen something like early of his. Yeah,
1: it is a, and apparently he uh, has tons and tons of behind the scenes stuff from like all three of his early movies that like that are about just as extensive as what you what, what we got from Lord of the Rings behind the scenes stuff. Uh, That's amazing. <laughs> so I remember reading about it that like they were planning on re releasing Dead Alive as a like a four K Blu Ray complete with a bunch of. Uh, behind the scenes stuff, and it just it hasn't happened yet. I don't know why, but yeah, that sounds awesome. Though. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, any other thoughts on? I mean, I'm sh- sure there's many, many thoughts about this movie because it's so fucking weird, but uh,
0: <laughs> yes, um, I think just the last thing I wanted to mention that I, I really enjoyed, uh, yeah, I guess it also sort of feels like a Lord of the Rings type kind of thing now that I'm mentioning it again is um, during the drug deal when, um, like, there's a, a double cross. They try to get ripped off, essentially, so they proceed to, like, kill this uh, other puppet. It's like a rat or something like that. And a spider sort of breaks mm, up the yeah. drug deal and proceeds to start biting heads off. And I just, like, really enjoyed that. It that seems like, just like, yeah, like, they're doing their typical drug deal thing. These, like, this whole feeble back and forth between, like uh belt bletch just trying to be a ruthless drug dealer and knowing when he's getting ripped off or whatever but then yeah like the the environment is still hostile there's like a random spider that's just there to to eat who was ever nearby and so i just really appreciated that and that's something that just really made me laugh in the moment
1: yeah yeah i think he does have a thing for giant creatures because i'm pretty sure there's some giants to, uh if not giants i know we get some like miniature play in bad taste too
0: okay um, yeah. yeah like i said i love the sizes from like the smallest of the little small critters to like the very large uh, heidi the hippo and, and blush it's like I, I just love yeah just the variety of, of puppets and feebles here so yeah, yeah what very a, interesting what a weird career <laughs> yeah whimsical but, <laughs> fil- but whimsical but filthy
1: um yeah does that wrap things up for meet the feebles yeah i think so what have you been watching lately? Um, well, I watch, like I said, I watched RRR. R, R, oh yeah, uh, other <laughs> night.
0: Um, yeah, you watched the whole and, thing. Yeah, um, I did. Sort of break in the middle yeah. when there's a nice little intermission mm-hmm. moment, which I sort of the benefit of watching it on Netflix at home, being able to pause it. But yeah, um, you talked about it a little bit before, but now I'm like we sort of talk way less, way more candidly about it, and like, just totally spoil anything. So yeah, spoil their territory for. This movie, but yeah, I watched it, and you don't have to be under the influence of marijuana to enjoy this movie. But it it certainly doesn't doesn't hurt to to watch such a a spectacle of this. Uh, It it is just like just bombastic and just like just a great action movie, a great romantic comedy, a great revolutionary movie. Great buddy film. (laughs) Great buddy film. Yeah, yeah. The not too, not too dance literally had my fist pumping doing that. It's just. Just so energetic and just like, uh, yeah, it's just, it's great. It's, so what I
1: saw in the theater, I the think you gotta yeah. re- remember about this movie is it's fucking loud. <laughs> like when they play yeah. in a theater, it is super fucking loud. Like, and I, apparently that's, awesome. that's a thing with a lot of, uh, like Tollywood, I think is what they're, they're called these movies. Uh, it's not yeah. Bollywood, it's Tollywood. It's a different region. Um yes. But yeah, I had a friend telling me, like, yeah, they love to say that their movies are the best, and be, like,
0: really big and bombastic with them. Uh, Yeah, I can't imagine going to the theater and seeing this, because it'd be so, yeah, just loud and overwhelming, and yeah, like, the first sort of opening section is, like, yeah, it's pretty sad and sort of downplayed, but yeah, the, the following two are just ramped up, like, just on a whole nother level, and... Yeah, just men running from tigers and chasing tigers and lots of animals involved. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's just, yeah it's, yeah. it's a movie that, like, there's so much sheen to it. Like, it feels so <laughs> yeah. clean. It's like, it all, if, okay, what was the budget? Okay, $5 billion INR. I don't know what that translates to, USD. But, like, um. Maybe some quick maths here. Yeah, let me let me do a quick a little, little Google a little search.
0: A vague math.
1: that's 70 million dollars this movie cost um and yeah you feel it like it feels shinier than a lot of uh like like the okay okay the cg isn't as good as a lot of like big hollywood movies but there's something about the cinematography where it's just got this shine to it it kind of reminds me of like um i don't know like how the indiana jones movies have this like weird sort of shine and shimmer to them
0: uh Mm, and yeah it, yeah maybe it's the just the regions sort of just them out there glistening in the heat but, it feels yeah, pristine I, I, <laughs> yeah I, I i agree i think there's just it's just it's so fluid and just like the music is just so fantastic and yeah there is never a dull moment in that movie and from a screenplay perspective it's just like so tight and i think like i love the um the uh uh load aim fire was that is that the order of it (laughs) oh yeah i I don't remember the order uh yeah no the aim shoot fire sort of thing is just like such like the just a genius way to sort of integrate that like revolutionary thing towards the second half and yeah when he carries him out on his shoulders and they're just like going crazy and it's funny that that's like (laughs)
1: foreshadowed during the friendship
0: montage because he's like doing squats
1: with him on his shoulders and the other guy's doing (laughs) pull-ups on the tree
0: yeah it's, it's it's just really well done and yeah, just really enjoyed it. And I'm happy it's on Netflix, but yeah, that is a movie that, like... Yeah, if you can do a three-hour movie in a theater, it's it's absolutely worth it.
1: And it's, like, an insane... It's insane that it's, like, a propaganda film. It, it, it reminds me a lot of <laughs> Itman, Man, where it's, like, yeah, we have a super yeah. nationalistic movie about, like, standing up to these foreign invaders. And, uh, and like, Itman, Man, you know, it feels like he's doing the impossible. He is, like it doesn't it's not portrayed as extraordinarily as it as it is in rrr but he is kind of superhuman in his abilities and what he's able to do and then rrr they take that superhuman idea and they're like no these are straight up like every character is captain america (laughs) like every character is a hero uh they're a normal man but they have the abilities of you know a marvel superhero
0: yeah, it's actually—it made me sort of shed a tear at multiple points where, because it's dealing with some really heavy shit, where it's like, it's like this revolutionary, like this anti-colonial stories. Like the British villains are established as monsters from the jump. They just like. Like, do this whole shady thing. The value of a bullet. Mm. Yeah, the the value of the bullet thing, but I was also also gonna mention, like, the girl is singing the song and they give her the money. Oh, yeah, you give me money for the song. Like, no, like, they gave her money for the girl and they kidnapped her. it's just like, that's like, it it kind of, it's sort of like, sort of cheesy as I'm re saying it, but it's like, no, that's like some real shit. Like, that's some real colonial shit. Like, people showing up and being like, hey, like, this girl is exotic and cute, and now she's mine. It's just like, no, that's like not your pet. Like you're taking her from a community, like from a family, and like, they, like when the guy shows up, he's like, he will come over every ocean and valley to like find this girl and bring her back. I was like, holy shit, this movie is incredibly badass. And yeah, I just yeah, when they're both like captured at certain points and they overcome be like being imprisoned, and yeah, there's a lashing scene that is really yeah. really brutal where, yeah, he's getting whipped by, like, his, his former friend, and then he starts singing, and it's just, yeah, it's just so fucking heartfelt and intense of a movie. It's just, like, now, like honestly, I was kind of putting it up there with everything everywhere all at once with the way really? that it made me, with the way that it <laughs> I've, made me feel. I've seen some people like, do that, yeah. As far as just, like, a combination of all of the things that a movie can be, and just, like, oh, yeah, like, this is super uplifting with, like, the dancing and, like, just the music, and it's also really heartfelt, And it also, yeah, it touches on some real shit with, like, this anti-colonial story. And he's like, yeah, we're using these bullets against these British invasion and this British power. That really kind of struck a chord with me. And I was like, yeah, like, aim, shoot, fire is a tough, like, slogan to sort of, like, champion in America right now. That's sort of, like, kind of ill-timed. But, like, from the screenwriting perspective, it's done so beautifully. And for this movie and this revolutionary story, I was like, this is, like, really hitting me. I was like, this is this is like, like a really. This is like the height, the highest level of what this is sort of can be. Yeah, uh, yeah. I had a friend
1: say it was like the best movie seen in years, <laughs> and like I don't know if I totally agree because it, it is so over the top that it is kind of delving into the realm of absurdity for me. Um, yes, yeah. But it is so sincere in how over the top it is, how massive, how yeah. awesome it is, and it is so well executed. That it's, like, so, like, I walked out of this thinking, uh, like, about a movie that I hated, which is Avatar, where it's, like, I think Avatar, like, I I never doubt the sincerity of James Cameron. I I believe James Cameron, like, goes out and makes a movie, like, to appease himself, like, and this is gonna sound weird, but, like, I think he's out to appease himself before he's out to appease a massive audience. I think he just has mainstream taste um yeah. so i believe what he's making is sincere i don't think he's just trying to pander to people um and i think he is very like that sincerity can come across as cheese sometimes and i think avatar it's a very simple stupid story yeah, um yeah. and i fucking there's so much about that script that doesn't work for me there's so much about the characters that doesn't work for me i fucking hate it but i think for a lot of people they are taken away with that sincerity and the uh, level of execution in places outside of, like, screenwriting and dialogue, <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so that it works for them. With RRR, I think that's kind of what happened with me. It's like, this is absurd, it's ridiculous, however, it is executed so fucking well, and yeah. Yeah, it is right. so sincere that I can't help but be carried away with by the awesomeness of it. Um, it's never undercutting itself, it's never you know I, i'm not sure if i said this last time i talked about it but i was like it, it's never one character doing something awesome and then another character like acknowledging it or making a joke out of it it's yeah. that other character is too busy also doing an awesome thing um yeah, yeah. so you're just invited to you know go along with this party <laughs> um you you're never you're not supposed to question it you're just supposed to be along for that ride um that's how yeah, it works
0: and, and and what a ride it is it is really I, I yeah just like the the beginning where you sort of give us three little sections like the story the fire and then the water yeah. and then sort of all combines together yeah it's just like it's, it's so just... many
1: fucking astounding sequences in this <laughs> yeah. movie. like when we yeah. were okay so for the listeners i the reason we were uh skipped last week's episode is or we didn't publish last week is because uh i was in mexico with COVID. Uh, my wife and i were stuck in mexico and so i when we were at the hotel i this was on netflix the hotel <laughs> so i was just playing her all the hits <laughs> i was just like faster i was like oh you gotta watch the scene like the montage of them being best friends and like yes you know his like, family <laughs> and like yeah they had a song where the, the lyrics are super literal about like yes what an unforeseen <laughs>
0: <laughs> Will this end in bloodshed? Yeah. Was the line that kept getting me. I was like, I was like, you guys are really pushing that. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's 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 a good time. Yeah, it's yeah uh, it's uh, yeah makes me want to watch it again. But it is a little late. It is, but quite yeah, long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to watch other things by this filmmaker though. Yeah,
1: I, I know there was at least one other one on Netflix, and I I was skimming through it, just trying to find those same like heightened moments and Mm. it didn't it it feels like rrr is like the big one from this guy but i'm not totally sure
0: for sure um yeah but besides that um uh yeah uh one i know you caught up on barry
1: i am caught up on barry yes
0: okay uh before we talk about that i just wanted to give a shout out to severance because i still um, need to watch it uh yeah, well long story short, I didn't have Apple TV plus. I upgraded my phone through a refurbishment little plan with AT&T and then got a new iPhone and with that new iPhone came a free 3 months to Apple TV. So I said, okay, it's a good time to hot back bo- back on and watch some shows. And so yeah, I watched um like the first two and a half so yeah, first two episodes, I'm happy with your third episode right now. And yeah, I really love the aesthetic of it. It's really, uh, I like the sci-fi edge. I think that's one thing that Apple TV is sort of leaning into yeah. is more like a sci-fi kind of content. Very polished but,
1: sci-fi content, yeah.
0: Yeah, one thing I find really interesting, though, is still, it's such a small, and it's still such a small service still in its like infant stage that they don't have a search bar mm-hmm. <laughs> they just it's like everything is just like on like one page and i was like i want to like search for something and it was like there wasn't a search bar yet so i thought that was really really curious but um yeah severance is good i recommend it it's uh yeah i think it's like six or sur- i think it's like six or eight episodes i don't know if it's ten but it's good but yeah uh Barry, really good uh there's been like three episodes since we've last like talked we didn't really like talk about it on the last one so i want to give like a quick little summary of like the last yeah i'd appreciate that because i might not remember (laughs) so i'm not going to say the episode names i'm just going to say episode five is the one where sarah's show gets canceled and they sort of the whole like algorithm speech to her and she just like kind of uh gets really pissed about that and it has the scene where uh uh, he like afterwards, where Barry's so, like he's trying to console her. He offers to like twirl oh god, I love that scene. Yeah, so that's so that's at the end of episode. <laughs> Replace five. the dog with a
1: smaller, <laughs> yeah, or a similar smaller dog. dog.
0: <laughs> yeah, just like and he also he's like making like a collage for her that's like seems really strange. but there's just so many good details in that. But um, six uh, is it starts with Jean's acting class, like acting class stuff. But that one ends with like the long bike uh car chase scene yeah fantastic really big fan fantastic yeah, yeah and bill haders mentioned in the like on tv shows on talk shows that he's a fan of fury road and i think mm-hmm. that shows a lot in that sequence in particular where it's just like it just starts inside of this car and it just goes with this bike it was
1: it's... just it was smart to do a long take chase scene like yeah it's it's not all one take but like we do have like very long takes within that scene and just like uh, it was cool to have the cars who are part of the chase scene, the vehicles which are bikes, part of the chase that are part of the chase scene, be the slow vehicles on the road. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. He's I really so also just really
0: enjoy the just the way it's shot, like just the overhead behind him, yeah. just like going out onto the Los Angeles freeway. It was really nice. It felt very Grand Theft Auto being like at that like right b- above the back of the bike yeah camera angle but also uh, yeah I, I love like him encountering this traffic jam and then it's like, where it's like just going down like this like this lane of cars and yeah it's like one starts like the, the speed wobble and flips over just, yeah yeah it's <laughs> like yeah it's just he's he's really good at like just directing these like he's so fucking good episodes. and
1: yeah. it's like i hope he gets a feature once he's done with this like i'm sure he will yeah. but it's like what's yeah. he gonna do like i don't know it's, it's really cool watching him do a show because he gets to, you know, explore a lot of
0: different ideas and explores creativity. Yeah, it seems like he's getting a lot of those ideas out in bursts right now. And the most recent one is episode seven. And that's more of a surreal, trippy one where it's like at the end of episode six, he shows about a... A party with like an old coworker and mm. proceeds to no, not a coworker, someone from the military, and then he proceeds to get poisoned by them. Yeah, yeah. so episode seven, it's like he's in this weird <laughs> dream space kind of thing. So yeah, a really interesting, like very eventful episode. Also like Sarah, like has like had a very crazy arc with like losing her show, getting hired onto a new like uh, I forget what the streaming service is, but a new yeah. show on the streaming service, and just like being a fish out of water. And then her assistant gets a show that she blows up on her. It's like yeah, it's, she's it's a showrunner. Um. So yeah. So it, it's
1: I think Sarah Goldberg is the actress. Uh, yeah. Sally Reed is the character. Um, Sorry. Yes, yes. What What do you How What do you think of that character? Because I I was talking to some friends today who really don't like Sally.
0: <laughs> I I love the character. I love her as a person. I really appreciate what they're trying to, like, say with this character. I, like, I think that's, like, the blunt way to say it. It's, like, it's really, really tricky to, like, talk about abuse and talk about abuse in the frame of, like, show business and, like, she's, like, a a female writer, director, producer trying to make her own, like, show that is, like, her own, like, uh, like uh, uh, blanking on the term, but, like, when it's, like, your baby, essentially. It's, like, a a story about your life. It's, like, that kind of something that your pet project that's very close to you and like seeing her clash with Barry and his or his bu- abusive behavior, the younger right. actress sort of being in the middle of that and sort of and vocalizing mm-hmm. why it's yeah. problematic. Which it's, I, didn't, I, 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 I,
1: I didn't realize that younger actress is the girl from eighth grade.
0: Oh, I haven't seen oh, that. Movie. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: I've saw the other one um, late, uh, mid uh, yeah, nineties or whatever. Yeah. The Jonah. Yeah. That sort of came out around the same age. I know uh, eighth grade is Bo Yeah okay yeah i haven't seen that yet but anyways um, yeah that's cool um yeah her performance is really good and she's playing a really tough character sort of like having to vocalize like hey sally like the way that he spoke to you is not okay and so to see that sort of behavior reflect onto her assistant is, is heartbreaking but it's like as a character it's like i like yeah it's like i sort of i'm emphasize with that and so i'm I'm like i I appreciate it so it's it's all love for sally (laughs)
1: um yeah i i think initially i wasn't really into sally's character i think it's a tricky role to cast for because you are casting an actress to play an actress who isn't a very good actress uh and who's also like uh deeply insecure um and so I think initially I I wasn't sure I was I was like is this a character problem is this a performance problem but um I think as the character developed and as the plot line developed I I think her plot line kind of serves to underline the themes of like what the show is which is like this balancing act between um you know acknowledging your own history and confronting it but or trying to suppress it (laughs) um because yeah her whole thing of being like okay i've come from abuse and i'm trying to you know take control of my story and tell it honestly but also you know how honest am i telling it am i warping it am i being taken away you know uh carried away by what other people think of me and my story um now we have like Barry Barry has a story being saved by his teacher uh yeah. finding salvation through acting and like that is a lie <laughs> um, yeah and so
0: it's also commenting I say interrupt but also the, the company's called Banshee that's like the Netflix mm. sort of replacement and Banshee sort of like taking her project and like sort of making it have sort of like having it to go through these industry loops of like, does it fit within the algorithm or like her having to go through like this press junket, which she believes is going to be this chance for her to really be honest with people. But it's like, no, it's like, Oh, who do you want to be the next Spider-Man? It's like, they're just like asking her bullshit fluff questions for hours on end. And so it's like, where do you find time to be honest in those moments? If not in the moments where you just have like, Hey, like, fuck off ex-boyfriend or whatever you know like like where do those little moments exist
1: yeah the external world wants you to be a liar <laughs> yeah constantly um just so that you can stay afloat um yeah i think i think yeah I, I really like her character and i really like her plot line and i was talking to some friends today who are like yeah every time her plot line's on screen i'm just like fucking let's let's pick up pick it up <laughs> like i like let's get back to barry <laughs> like so you know this is
0: where i might catch some flack because i sort of feel that way about no ho hank sometimes where i feel like he got flanderized a little too early and okay. so i think he's kind of just like at one gear and he's just like okay like i i, I think i like the conflict with crystal ball and everything but like it, it's sort of I, it's it's kind of treading water it feels yeah I, like. I think they could do more with no ho hank i think
1: initially initially i didn't like Noah Hank either, and I thought, I thought his uh shtick was gonna wear on me. Um, he kind of yeah. won me over, and I like that we got more of a plot with him. Um, but I also feel like they need to do some more stuff with that character because, yeah, I think he is kind of treading water right
0: now. Yeah, and I think this sort of goes into this weird thing where it's going to address an issue where it's like, I. Uh... We, we, we love the show because it's, like, shorter and it's, it's like, these nice little 20-minute chunks of brilliance. But I, I would also love to have more time to just, like, you know, to explore some of these characters. And one thing that happened at the beginning of the season that I thought was great was, like, Noho Hank giving Barry the job of, like, to put the bomb under the house. I just, lo- just like, as a, a little plot device, I just love that. It's, like, Barry working for him and just having to do, like, very ext- extreme visual things, like, Walk across the the parking lot to pick up the bomb very slowly. Just like I loved all of that.
1: Yeah, but I think Noho Hank is at his best when he's sort of uh, struggling, <laughs> like when he's in yeah, conflict, because yeah. it's like he ceases yeah. to just be a punchline character, and it's like okay, and like no, there are, there are like stakes now. Um, yeah, 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 he's got something to lose, and he's actively losing it, and that makes him more interesting. <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like the little dance that he sort of has to do where he's like, yeah, trying to get Barry to, to agree to this mission while also keeping his his the Chechen, Chechens sort of <laughs> deceived at what he's doing. So yeah, and and his relationship with Cristobal, they have to sit and drink wine and stuff. So uh, he's living multiple lives, and it's really fascinating. But yeah, I, yeah, it's yeah, I think just with a few more like I don't know another like ten minutes like these could be like thirty five. 40 minutes. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe that's too much, but it's
1: a great show. I wouldn't mind it. Yeah. Like as long as it's yeah. still good. Like yeah. that is kind of the beauty of streaming. It's like you could do whatever the fuck you want. Like that's what I was saying when we yeah. were talking about Stranger Things. It's like make make an episode that's fifteen minutes, follow up with an episode that's an hour. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. care. Like as long as the storytelling is good, like you can do whatever you want.
0: Yeah. Also I like the um this also the plot of his military buddy that was shot coming back as like this hardened detective and kind of setting this police I, I i just like the scenes with like him just like just being like no what the fuck are you guys doing like he's like all of your tactics are all incorrect and i just i just like that actor and the contrast of him with the, the bumbling yes yeah. But, yeah, but if you've been watching this movie, um so
1: i'm all caught up on stranger things i've watched all of the new episodes so yeah like i said i was in mexico oh, for wow. a week. I had a lot of time. (laughs) All I did was watch television. Um, So, yeah, I caught up on Stranger Things. I really like season four. I think it's pretty strong. Um, It has a lot of weak shit front-loaded with, like... Anytime (laughs) bullies are in Stranger Things, it sucks. (laughs) It sucks. It's stupid. Um, But I feel like it kind of gets over that fairly quickly in this new season. Um, The episodes are, like, an hour and a half long, and... I get it. There's so many yeah. fucking characters. There's so many plot lines. Like I totally get why they had to do that. I think it was the right move to do that. Um and yeah, I like the thing about yeah, the thing about the show is like when it's weak, I love the characters. So it's like I don't care. Like I'm here to enjoy spending time with these characters. I'll watch these characters go through whatever fucking scenario. Um Yeah. yeah. And, and I think one of the things that benefits the show with these multiple plot lines is whenever it's weak, you got, like, a countdown until you're cutting to a different plot line. <laughs> like, okay. So, fair, that's fair enough. So, yeah, I think it was... I, I really liked the season. I thought it was pretty strong. Uh, I think it's probably... it. I'd have to go back and watch the others, but I think it might be the strongest since the first season. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I dig it. There's some new characters. Uh, they got... Uh, this guy, oh gosh, what's his name? I want to say his name's Argyle. He's like a stoner <laughs> okay. friend of like uh, Jonathan, and <clears throat> he's like a pretty fun like new presence. Um, okay, it's interesting to see the way Brett Gelman has like become more like I knew Brett Gelman as a comedian, then he gets casted in this. He gets casted in like Love. Uh, he just starts showing up at all these different, like, TV shows. And so it's really interesting to see him become more of an actor um, because it's it's kind of like watching, like, Bob Odenkirk, the guy you knew from Mr. Show with Bob <laughs> and yeah. David, uh, become Saul Goodman and become more of a serious actor. Uh Because I yeah, think definitely. Bright Gelman pulls his weight here. Like, he's kind of, I think he's, like, one of the best performers on the show. Um,
0: but, yeah, he seems to be, like, one of those, like, character actor kind of looking guys who like you know he's like who also might like have just like a, a respect for just the the art itself yeah he, and, he's he, you know, he kind of goes performance big in him. <laughs> like he's not uh,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah he's not a subtle performer but like it makes it enjoyable he's a character um
0: yeah he's sort of like their foil in season three i mean like he's sort of like a teacher kind of character right I'm trying he's to
1: like uh he's just kind of a weirdo that they've f- f- discovered <laughs> who like gotcha, <laughs> started okay. helping them out <laughs> Um, and then uh Max a char- character that I initially didn't like. I felt like when they introduced her, it was just like, look how cool she is. She plays video games, she skateboards and all this stuff. And she's now she's broody. here to date. She's the broody girl. yeah, now she's here to date one of the <laughs> other characters. Um, I feel like they do a lot with her here, and I feel like it really works. I think like this is her best season. Um, she has like one of the most like emotional parts of uh the show. Um, okay. Yeah, like, I'm not going to say... You're, you're so Yeah, me. I'm not going to say the season is with without its faults. It absolutely has faults. Like, I think Eleven's plot line is, like, a little bleh. Uh, I think the Russia stuff with Hopper is, like, just not <laughs> that interesting. But um I, th- I think there are way too many scenes where a character's like, wait a minute, Red, that guy mentioned Red. Like, don't you get it? Like, he said that Red makes you hungry, so the creatures always attack when it's when there's red sand so maybe if we get rid of the red sand we can't like there's always like a character like fixating on one thing and then like Uh, long form yeah like we're like the cameras like (laughs) following them walk around the room as they're like slowly figuring out like the key to solving whatever problem is happening it happens over and over and over again and i think uh it's way more obvious when you're binging it, like we were, because we had nothing else yeah. to do. So you're just like, "Oh wow, they're just doing this scene again."
0: Um, yeah. See, I think that's why I'm a little, sh- a little shaky on going in because it sounds like this is a very situational watch situation. This is like when I was in Hawaii and I only my internet was so bad I only was able to watch one show on Netflix and it was Ozark. <laughs> and so I binge watched all the first seasons. I like I didn't care to watch this Breaking Bad clone, but it turned out to be pretty good. But Yes, yeah, it's like sometimes. I'm telling you, like these are it.
1: hour and a half episodes and it would end and I would be like, yeah, hell yeah, let's throw in another one. And like uh okay. When it ended, I was like, I kind of want to watch more stranger things. I'm sad that there's that I finished the the episodes that are available.
0: Um, I will say it does have an aesthetic, visually, that seems to be really like uh, just a joy to sort and of. And really,
1: into. it comes down to just enjoying the characters. It's like I enjoy spending yeah, yeah. time with these characters. I think Robin, uh, Maya Hawke's character, is more is more annoying this season. I don't remember her being annoying in previous seasons. They kind of <laughs> just like okay, yeah. ran with the idea that like when she's nervous, uh, she talks a lot, and so she's the Gabby one. So it's like they they try to like really clearly define like all of the characters and make sure that every character has a voice um i think like three of the boys are kind of interchangeable with their voices they're all kind of like every man like characters (laughs) um but like otherwise like most of the characters they all have defined voices and it's fun to see like these are your ingredients and so it's like how can we combine these ingredients in different ways how can we collide them in different ways what does it feel like when gabby or gabby uh robin a very gabby character uh -hmm. is interacting with you know i don't know (laughs) i can't think of another character argyle the uh, silly stoner (laughs) like what happens when you get these two characters in a room um yeah i feel that that
0: sounds right it's
1: yeah i enjoy the playfulness of it um yeah
0: yeah absolutely yeah
1: it has a kind of a shitty long villain monologue at the end but whatever (laughs) <laughs> like you roll you roll with the punches folks it's it's playing off of me like there's a bunch of uh high school kids that are clearly actors who are in their like mid-20s <laughs> mid to late 20s <late-twenties, laughs> but it's like hey go back and watch go back and watch summer school from the 80s like there are yeah. actors in there that are 25 playing high school kids like it, it feels like it's of the time <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah i watched the amazing spider-man last night for the first time yeah. and it's like yeah it's like Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone it's like yeah you're like in mid-20s late 20s at this point playing high schoolers and yeah or, or like mid-20s at that point um but yeah I, I really enjoyed that movie despite just you know that that high school stuff and the retreading of the origin yeah. story of Peter Parker but still there's a lot of things it was cool seeing a really smart brainy Peter Parker Andrew Garfield did a good job
1: um are you caught up on Obi-Wan
0: yeah okay what are you It's uh, just three episodes right Uh, i think they released a fourth episode this week oh um i don't think i've watched that i just yeah what are you thinking i'm enjoying it i like i think yeah i think episode three was the one wait um let me try to think i'm gonna just just (laughs) say a spoiler just so i know if i'm caught up uh where a stormtrooper gets sliced in half (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: i think that might be episode three okay yeah where he's like yeah where they're... the lightsaber gets yeah. ignited in episode three i'm pretty sure
0: yeah okay um is that what yeah it's episode three the fight with it yeah the... uh, episode
1: three yeah the lightsaber does get ignited because there's a okay.
0: fire a prominent fire in episode three
1: obi-wan rolls no, around I'm... in a fire
0: <laughs> no uh, yeah i remember yes 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 okay uh so i haven't seen episode four i do enjoy the show episode three was very brutal, which I wasn't expecting, and I appreciate that, and I do appreciate the fact that we have some sort of focus on a young Leia, and I, I don't know, I was really surprised by that sort of plotline, and enjoy, I'm enjoying where it's going, I mean, it's not like breaking, sorry, it's not blowing my mind like The Mandalorian. I don't think it's doing something quite like that, where it's paving a new path of a new type of genre, like sort of a new sort of visual flair of it, sort of retreading similar things visually, but I think... At least for this story, at least for sort of this little like little epilogue to Episode Three, I think it's working for that. What do you
1: think? Um, yeah, I think Mandalorian is probably still the best. Absolutely, it absolutely is still the best. Like, I'm a little bored yeah. with Wan. One. Uh, if I'm being, I've I've watched all four episodes. Um, I think it's smart that it's a Leia story um, because yeah. that's not something I would have thought of. It's like, oh, of course, like have him. Take him off Tatooine. Have him like be called to protect the other Skywalker child, um, yeah. and then you could establish that history so that like you know when she says you're our only hope and all that stuff like it has meaning. Um, yes. And also, I think it's pretty. I think it's a pretty cool idea to have him roll around in a bunch of flames because it's like <laughs> we don't know what Alec Guinness. Uh, Obi Wan had under his robe. Maybe he's covered in scars. Maybe some of his limbs are fake. <laughs> like maybe, maybe <laughs> Obi Wan's gonna lose an arm in this movie. And like we never knew that old Obi Wan had a, a prosthetic or something. Um,
0: yeah, it's 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 interesting to see this because it, honestly, it's making. It, I'm a little skeptical. But it's like as a, a zooming out kind of thing because another night randomly fucking uh, Solo was on uh, on TNT, and I was like, oh, let me just like see if any of this is still, like, as mediocre or somewhat good as I remember when I saw it in theaters. And so I was, like, watching this, I was like, yeah, like, this sort of, like, retelling of these stories that were once sort of more mysterious, and now we're sort of lifting this veil. Like, I don't know if that's a good thing, because I I do appreciate, yeah, we're sort of seeing why Leia has this allegiance to Obi-Wan and why she reaches out to him. But besides that, like, seeing, I don't know, Anakin and obi-wan sort of have these little minor squabble i don't i don't quite yeah know. i
1: kind of wish like vader wasn't in this at all
0: yeah um, yeah because it's just like i don't know it's just like their confrontation in episode four it has all of that weight you need yeah. without knowing all of like oh yeah like vader made him roll around <laughs> yeah. like i, 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 I like, do appreciate oh, actually seeing they like saw each other a few months <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, it's like they, they like to, to fight pretty often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do, like I say, I, I think having your uh, hero in a very vulnerable moment, like like rolling around, like getting burned like that is pretty intense and also very like a strong thing to do to establish that your villain is dangerous and this, this situation is dangerous. And I think it's so kind of a nice revenge for it. Vader to be like, hey, you left yeah, me there yeah. to burn. <laughs> like,
1: now I'm going to... Yeah, yeah
0: yeah incinerate you yeah that yeah the episode was kind of like hardcore a little bit cause, yeah it's like yeah, seeing the stormtrooper get like fall down and get sliced in half i was like oh wow yeah it's kind of intense but um i don't know if it, if it gets that violent in episode four but at least like, just seeing that fight i was like okay this is this is cool they're they're really like going they're not holding back and i appreciate like, i kind
1: of wish obi-wan got the uh tuscan raider story that boba fett had where it's like he hangs out with like he gets captured by the Tuscan Raiders, yeah, he befriends them. Yeah. <laughs> like I kind of wish that was something that would have happened to Obi-Wan instead. I think that would be more interesting.
0: Dude, I'm I, like I'm so confident that there was a decision in the boardroom where they're like, Yeah, let's just like circle that plot line, just drag it over here to this side of the board and you're just like no, like you could have <laughs> had like a really badass. <laughs> yeah. And then he learns
1: how to do his like weird squeal that he does in A New Hope to yeah. like <laughs> get them to leave, you know.
0: Yeah, it seems like it's going to be a little more clean and a little bit more like like a guided mission kind of thing. It's like we're going to be very specific the things that we see is going to be very tailored
1: to uh... I feel like the show kind of looks bland. I don't like the look of it. It feels very I feel like part of it is the um the volume, the space that they shoot all of their stuff on with the digital backgrounds. Yeah. Like I feel like yeah, they're probably yeah. limited uh in a way that like makes it hard to have a, uh, like, defined visual style. But then, like, I saw the trailer for Andor, the Diego Luna show, yeah. and that looks fairly interesting, like, visually.
0: Um, yeah, I haven't watched that one yet. So, I need to catch up on my... I strangers. mean, it
1: looks like they're trying to emulate Ro- the look of Rogue One, Um yeah, which, like, I has a so. style.
0: Yeah. Like, I wish Obi-Wan had, like, more of a style. Uh, yeah, it seems to, yeah, just be more about these very specific story beats are just kind of just like this, these moments with him and Leia, or him and Anakin, and that's going to be like it's only six episodes too, so it's just going to be I think so, I think it's just either six or eight, I think it's pretty short a short story, that
1: feels like it's not that important (laughs) if we're four
0: episodes in let me double check yeah, also um, it's one of the Sapti brothers oh, that was nice, yeah, there's a lot of good guest stars throughout this show yeah there's only six episodes
1: (laughs) okay that's weird then i've seen two-thirds of this thing and i'm like
0: meh (laughs) (laughs) yeah which is kind of unfortunate because it's like this could be something it's just him getting getting Leia home i guess
1: (laughs) Like that's the whole show
0: yeah it's like like could be a video game but gonna have it as like this epic return to these characters like i think part Uh, of
1: why mandalorian uh, works is because it's like it's a guy who lives by a code And so we're seeing the code get tested repeatedly
0: yeah society this
1: this sect
0: of warriors and
1: so with obi-wan it's like a guy who used to live by kind of a code and now he's trying to forget that shit and (laughs) he's just kind of (laughs) sloppy yeah and he is also looking
0: after a, a child yeah it's uh, i don't know Uh, it's it's just really strange because yeah it feels like yeah trying to just make make a little bit of money just kind of
1: i think it's funny that everyone was excited for hayden christensen to return as vader and then you realize it's just a guy in a costume with a (laughs) james Earl jones performance
0: (laughs) yeah we're gonna get a a couple of shots a couple of shots of him in the desert or in a but it would be nice if they have uh, as if they had like, a moment with him, like, in his force. Yeah, or, or, like, with that,
1: just like Vader without the top of the helmet, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. Hmm. We will see. It's only, I guess, th- there's two episodes left. I need to catch up, but we will see. Um, but, yeah, this has been episode 88 of Vague zone If you'd like to contact us, you can email us, VagueZonePod at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at VagueZone.com. If you have any, uh, Dolly, uh little ai things you want to share with us any random ai compositions like dog star wars or i'm addicted to that thing yes just (laughs) just any we can make so many great elevator pitches by just adding shit together it's great hit us up on there but yeah it's been episode 88 i'm thomas and i'm daniel we'll see you next time Yes. Yeah.